Hey, good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, for those of you I don't know, my name's Todd. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm joined up here today uh, by uh, Steve uh, and by Bill. Why don't you give them a warm welcome this morning? We are, uh, we're not up here trying to start a new fashion trend. I want you to know that right, off the, right out of the gates. Uh, we returned uh, this uh, Monday, uh, previous, uh, we returned from our, a trip to Nairobi, Kenya. Many of you are aware that uh, I was there uh, along with Steve and Bill, who are a part of our church, and uh, we were there for a week. And uh, when we were there on uh, the Saturday, last Saturday when we were there, the, uh, the guy who's really in charge of what we do as a church there on the ground, his name is Maurice, he and his wife presented us with these, um, these uh, African garments. And uh, this is like what they wear to church. This is where they, what they wear formally. So we were really dressed up last week to church. So it was uh, amazing. We thought we'd wear them uh, this morning. And it was really interesting because they said we kind of sized you guys up, literally sized us up, and we bought you what we thought might fit and also what matches your personality. So take that for what you want to take it, all right? So anyway, it's great. We're so thankful. And um, today, um, for really our, our message, kind of the bulk of our, our time here, remaining time, we just wanted to share with you uh, all the things that God is doing through you in Nairobi, Kenya, in Africa, because it's really amazing what God is doing. Um, many of you know, some of you know, that we've had a partner called No Hungry Children, and uh, No Hungry Children's been our partner for the better part of the last seven or eight years. And Brandon and Kim Smith, who have been to our church before, they lead, they've led worship before, uh, they started No Hungry Children, some good friends of ours from the Atlanta area. They started No Hungry Children years ago, and it's, gone, it's morphed and, and gone through a lot of different changes over the years. But almost every year for the past eight years, they've asked me uh, to travel over to, to Kenya and to spend a week with them on a vision trip, and to also be able to kind of inspect what we do, like what we're a part of in terms of helping feed kids in the slums of Nairobi. And every year for the last seven or eight years, I've said, Brandon, I just can't go this year. You know, we're, we're you know, closing on this building and property, or, you know, I've, I've got, uh, you know, a new youth pastor coming in, or my kids are busy, or I'm in seminary and I'm busy. I mean, I gave him every excuse I could find, and I, I finally just ran out of excuses, really, to be honest with you. Not a very good, like, motivation for going over there, but it is a long way over, and it does take a commitment. And so we were set up to go back in November of 2017. And uh, over in Kenya last year, they had a controversial national election. We know nothing about that here. But they had a controversial national election, and they closed the schools down for the month of November. And um, you know, I remember telling Brandon, I'm, I'm okay, man. I'm good. I want to go. I know where I'm going. If something happens, I know where I'm going when I die, right? So it's all cool. And he's like, no, I don't think you understand. Um, they're really concerned about our safety. And I said, I, I don't you didn't hear me. I said, I'm not really concerned about that. And he's like, Todd, we're not going. All right. So we canceled the trip last November. And I'm so glad because in the meantime, it allowed God to do his work. And these two guys got to go with me. 
We joined up with five other people. It was a team of eight people. I'd ask uh, Steve Donovan to be a part of helping shape our missions efforts, our partnerships uh, around the globe. And in the meantime, um, Bill and his family joined our church as well. And uh, Bill is actually the new executive director of No Hungry Children. So uh, right out of Hilton Head Island Community Church, uh, we have the executive director of No Hungry Children. And what a great honor it was to travel with these guys and the others on this vision trip. And to be honest with you, part of my job, I felt like, was because we sponsor them in a pretty significant way financially. And, and I felt like part of my job was to, you know, kind of go there as the American inspecting uh, what we do and making sure that I was confident uh, in what we're doing. And certainly that was part of our trip. But I walked away having absolutely no concern and no doubt about that and almost feeling a little bit bad that I even thought that because the work that's going on in Nairobi through No Hungry Children is amazing. It's significant. I walked away with the heaviness of the impact uh, of what you all are doing and what we as a church are doing to help people all the way around the world. Um, when we arrived uh, there in the very first school that we help out in the very first slum, which is one of the larger ones, Kibera, um, I was overwhelmed with the excitement that the children showed. And uh, they, they cried out to us a word in Swahili that means white person, right? And they were so excited to see Mzungo. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, uh, they were so excited that we were there. And I got to tell you that they weren't excited about just seeing these the three of us and the other five. Um, they know what's behind this. They know the sacrifice that many people here in the United States, you included, are making to help them out. And, and I've asked Steve to just share his impressions because he's also been a part of traveling around the world and he's been a part of another organization that helps, uh, helps in orphanages. And he's seen some of the worst slums in the world. And I wanted him to share his impressions of what the slums were like in Nairobi, Kenya. And while he's talking, you're going to see some video playing and maybe even hear a few sounds from our time in Nairobi there. Steve, tell us a little bit about your Okay, thoughts. well, thanks, uh, Church, for uh, the time this morning. And thank you, Todd and Bill and the, new, and the um, No Hungry Children Board for allowing me to travel. It was a real pleasure and a joy. Uh, I was truly blessed by it. And I forgot to mention this in the first service, so I'm going to do it now. I was so proud of our pastor. He preached to a Kenyan congregation uh, last Sunday, and he nailed it. He nailed it. I want a round of applause for our pastor. I was proud <laughs> Thanks, of him. Thanks, man. I was proud of him. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, just a couple points of reference. Uh, and around 2007, as a business person, I traveled to Mumbai, India. And uh, what bored businessmen do sometimes over the weekend, trying to figure out what to do till we go back to work. Uh, we asked our driver to take us around and show us some of the sights of Mumbai. And one of the things we visited for about two hours, just on the periphery, if you will, of a slum in Mumbai. And I can't say that it was extremely different than from what we uh, saw in Nairobi. But I mention it because it was my first experience to be touched, uh, grabbed, slapped in the heart by children in crisis. Uh, these kids were hungry. These kids were riotous in their begging. Uh, 
And I looked around at the conditions and thought, wow, um, I can't not do something about this. Mm. So when I got back, my wife and I, Dina, began a journey of trying to find how we can help orphans, and that has been a nice, um, joyful ride. In uh, 2012, uh, my wife and I retired, and shortly after that, we started working and traveling for the World Orphan Fund. And in 2015, I joined uh, four other travelers, and we hit several countries in Africa, one of them being Ethiopia. And we spent a full day visiting the slums in Addis Ababa, where uh, we visited a couple families who were uh, trying to raise their young brothers and sisters as they'd lost their parents, and they had small businesses weaving and doing pottery, and their goal was to keep their brothers and sisters out of the orphanage that we were over there, so it was an interesting visit to see them. And I can't say that uh, the slums of Nairobi that we visited were hugely different than what I saw in uh, Ethiopia, Except it strikes me of how humongous the slums were. I think there were seven slums. We visited uh, more than a couple. Kibera was the largest. And um, depending on what website you go to, you, you find facts about stuff like orphanages and everything else. But uh, the slum we visited first is considered to be one of the top five largest slums in the world. Mm. And it was a sight to see, and I'll make a couple comments about it, but you're probably seeing some of those sites over my shoulder. Uh, if you read the facts on the website, it is estimated that the, the slum is approximately one and a half or two miles square, which is a pretty big area if all you're talking about is the type of corrugated metal shacks that you see over our shoulders there. Depending, again, on which website you go to, it's estimated that there's 700,000 to 1.3 million people living in that two-mile square area in uh, the types of homes you see overs. Very little concrete, uh, very little gravel. The streets are not streets. They're paths or alleys, and they're dust and dirt and debris. Um, I snuck a quick snack on a Slim Jim and was holding the wrapper saying I need to find a trash can to put this in. And there's simply not that type of infrastructure there. Trash just goes out onto the street. Um, these slums lack uh, formal water infrastructure. They lack formal sanitation infrastructure. The power that you, you did see uh, was minimal and most of the access to it looked hodgepodge or pirated would yes. be the way I describe it. There was many places we walked and would kind of pay attention and duck down to get underneath what looked to me like some zappy high voltage lines that was uh, running to, to someplace in there. But through all that direness and all that ugly description that I talk about, what a joy it was mm. to hear the sounds of singing, worshipful, praising children as they knew we were approaching their place of uh, education and worship, their schools. Their, their voices just rang out above the, the noises of the street. Uh, some of the, the things that we saw in the eyes of these kids is just such an incentive to keep being all in yes. with projects like uh, No Hungry Children. At one point, uh, we were exiting the slum area, and uh, we were uh, heading towards the van, and we were on a little bit of a higher mound or something. And uh, Todd says, what do you think, Steve? And I said... I I'm all in, and I want to be more all and more in. Yeah. Yeah. It says, let's ponder what we've got around us. And we did kind of a 360 
turnabout where we were standing, and we looked out up the first 180 degrees and literally could see nothing but the corrugated shacks that uh, these people not just live in but dwell in. It is their life. And in the other 180 degrees, we, we looked, and I, we really couldn't believe what we were seeing. It was for as far as you could see smoldering trash heaps. It looked like a small mountain range, and uh, literally you could see it as, as far as your eye could, could look. But the, uh, the joy of the children uh, made this trip a blessing and an encouragement to keep advocating for uh, these, these kids. Certainly. I think that the thing that I was overwhelmed with, with the sights and the sound and the environment, was just what Steve talked about, the contrast of their living conditions uh, with how incredibly grateful they are for just the most basic needs. To tell you that trash is everywhere is a massive, massive understatement. Uh, there was one point in time when um, I paused, and that's the picture that I, that I took there, and there's a few things about that picture. One is, as I asked the question, I couldn't see it as, as well as we can see it on the big screen right now, and I asked the question, is that a, what, is that, what mountain range is that? I know Kilimanjaro is near, and Mount Kenya is very close, and they said, that's not a mountain range. That's a big pile of rubbish. And it is literally church everywhere. They walk on it. They live in the middle of it. They find food from it. And if it, for the schools that we serve, if it's not for our church, and if it's not for other individuals and other organizations partnering with No Hungry Children, um, many of these kids would spend their days out in the piles of trash looking for scraps, literally scraps, of food to survive. And you saw in many of the pictures and videos there what looked like maybe a creek, and, and I'll tell you that those are not creeks, that's sewage, and that's their sanitation system. And it's open and it's everywhere, and it's the most awful smell that you could possibly ever imagine. Uh, but I'll tell you, they're joyful, Bill. They're joyful, Steve, beyond uh, what you can even imagine. And they're thankful and grateful. Um, Bill, t tell me your impressions of the children that we saw. This is the first school that we walked into, and we were overwhelmed. We weren't expecting that every school we visited, about 14 schools, um, were, had productions ready for us. It was their way of thanking us. And, I mean, we were like rock stars. I've never even come close to being a rock star. But uh, we were there. And tell us your impressions about that, Bill. It was amazing, for sure. Um, you... Uh as we were coming close to the schools, you could hear it a long way away. And, I mean, the first school, Miracle School, probably 180, 200 kids. Oh, yeah. um, and they were absolutely ecstatic that we were coming. Yeah. And we walked in. It was deafening. It was like walking into a small arena and you're, you know, the main event. Uh, it was incredible. You know, first of all, I want to also thank... Um, Pastor Todd and Steve and, and the opportunity to participate with No Hungry Children. It's a humbling experience. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity the Lord has blessed us with, every one of us. Uh, I'm incredibly proud of the obedience at Hilton Head Island Community Church, your obedience over the years to support activities like this. I know pastors are going to talk a bit more about that, but I've been incredibly impressed um, with this church you are a lighthouse church. You really are paving the way for what we see as an opportunity to shadow God in areas 
uh, where God is really present. His hand is upon the team at Mana Ministries in Nairobi. One of the most impressive uh, groups of individuals led by uh, Maurice, his leadership, the professionalism of his team, the dedication to God and what they do uh, is astounding. Uh, I thank also you know, the Lord for leading Dolores and I and our daughter Claire here about uh, six months ago. We've been attending LCC. We've been in the area for about four years. We've been attending LCC for a long time, and the Lord really had been leading us um, to come here on the island. And it so happens that that day the Lord really made it clear that I want you, to, you guys to attend uh, Hilton Head this morning. And that was the day when uh, Kim and Brandon were leading worship. It's amazing how, how the Lord works those things out, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and when he stood up on the, on the stage and said, you know, we really need some help. We really are looking for a, a director, some, some folks to help us uh, build this organization. Dolores and I looked at each other, and uh, it was real clear the Holy Spirit was speaking to us. We got to really, we got to dig in here. Mm-hmm. And it was such a privilege to travel to see what God is doing. When we walk into that first building, it was astounding. The, one of the leaders of, of Man of Ministries team, who they know well, stood up and said, God is good. And 200 kids in Echo Unison immediately said, all the time. And he then said, all the time. And they responded, God is good. <laughs> yes. That was amazing to hear the, to see the joy and, and, and the hope that are on these kids. Uh, because of the fact that we're feeding them, that they're there being ministered to physically uh, and also spiritually. Yeah. Tell them a little bit about the feeding program, because that's the main reason that No Hungry Children exists. It's it's the main reason we partner with them, is to help feed kids in the school. Tell us a little bit about the feeding program. Well, I don't know if you, uh, many of you know, but No Hungry Children, and partnering with Mana Ministries, and that really, again, as I said, is the the key. Uh, God is really at work in Mana Ministries there. We feed uh, 3,300 kids, 3,300 kids in 21 schools. Well, that's a drop in the bucket, but that's still a lot of kids. We visited 14 schools, I yeah, think, of the 21. Right. Would love to have visited them all, but we couldn't fit more in the three days. Um, but it's cost US.1 per week to feed one child. You can feed one child for $5 a month. And that's because of the dedication and the work of the team and Man of Ministries and what they can accomplish with God's help and how that's organized. It's, it's nutritionist food. Two, two meals a day, five days a week, and the kids are ecstatic to come back on Monday, right? Because the weekend is, is thin pickings. I mean, that's slim pickings, if you will, you know, as to whether they eat or not. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're very grateful for what God is doing there and incredibly proud for your obedience. Again, I just can't say that enough. It's awesome to know that, that we're giving to such a great uh, work. You know, you see um, the kids there, they're drinking um, porridge, and that's porridge that, that uh, we help provide. Um, it's hot as can be. Uh, they serve it hot as, as it can be, and they, they pour them into these plastic cups, and they drink them. 
and all of us Americans had to hold them at the top and at the bottom with our, the edges of our fingers because it was so hot. And the kids there in Kenya, the, the Kenyan kids just grabbed them with their hands. Um, it wasn't hot to them, um, and they drank, drank it immediately. Um, the same thing with the rice and beans at lunch. And so that's what Bill just described is not just one meal a day, but it's two meals a day. But here's the kicker. I asked one of the leaders, I said, how many of the children that we saw this week are actually orphans? And he responded and he said, easily over half live on the street or they live with a relative who probably doesn't take the best care of them. Or they might live with another family not of their own. And these families have a hard time feeding them. They might even have a hard time feeding their own family. And so because they hear about a school that was started that is providing breakfast, porridge, the most basic meal, and a porridge that none of us would probably enjoy too much, and rice and beans for lunch, they drop the kids off at school because they know that they're going to be fed. And so Hilton Head Island Community Church, you're a part of giving them food for sustaining their life, but you're also part of getting them in an educational system that in many ways um, is better. I joked with my kids when I came back. I said, yeah, you all need to learn English like the Kenyan kids that I witnessed this week. They speak better English than you do and maybe even better than I do. And so uh, we were so impressed with the level of education in the schools that we saw, most of which who were started by people who moved from a, a nice area into Kenya and uh, or into the slums there in Nairobi and, and start these schools by themselves and have virtually no help doing it. And so we're making a huge impact. Steve, talk to us a little bit about the, the partnership that we have with No Hungry Children and Mana Ministries. Help us understand that a little bit as well. It's an uh, incredible process, um, the way that the, the church works with No Hungry Children and the way they work with Mana Ministries is a fantastic but simple process. Yeah. Send the money, buy the food, feed the kids, they feel the love. Yeah. Uh, I looked at the effectiveness of how Mana Ministries gets their pastor team out to these schools, the relationship that these uh, men and women have with the kids is so intimate. Yes. Uh, they, could, they walked in and led the, the children in worship, they led them in praise, and to know that our church is part of the voltage, the horsepower that is keeping this ministry alive is just a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Uh, it is, uh, I told these guys that it uh, was, I think, one of the best mission trips I had been on. And it was because of this overwhelming sense of the effectiveness of reaching these kids mm -hmm. and filling yes. their bellies with nutrition while their souls are being filled with the word of Jesus Christ. And Maurice, who you just saw in the picture, is in the red shirt there. Uh, he is really the, the centerpiece. There he is. He's the one on the left, just so you're clear. Uh, that's Maurice. And Maurice has been a good friend of mine for, for many years now, and uh, of Brandon. And he's the director of Mana Ministries. And so when we help No Hungry Children, they in turn help Mana Ministries. This guy's got a team of people um, who are some of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. And during uh, uh, three days of the month, a team of eight of, of his uh, volunteers and uh, employees load trucks up and drive them into the slums and, and deliver the food. 
uh, to the schools. It is happening. We saw evidence of it. We saw it in every school. It was encouraging to see the kids in the school that they weren't malnutritious. There wasn't a problem with that. They are getting the food. Um, there, there is uh, the process that we invest in is happening, and that was so incredibly encouraging. Yeah, we talked a lot about uh, one of the pastors that was traveling with us said, um, you can't fill their stomachs, pat them on their back on the way to hell. Mm. Right? It's about yeah. showing them the Christian love yeah, and getting these kids in a direction of realizing that Christ is going to put joy in their life, even in the face of the circumstances in which they live. Um, what comes to my mind is um, the statement, the, the power of Christian action. And how that affects these kids. Clearly, they're not to a place in their faith walk where they're being talked about uh, the the trilogy of God, Father, uh, and Holy Ghost, the Trinity. Trinity. They're not being talked about the book of Revelation. Okay, but what they're feeling, their first impression of Christians is meeting the need to be fed. Now, I use myself as an example there. Uh, When I'm um, a little bit late for breakfast or a hurried lunch or, God forbid, I miss a meal, I'm kind of unacceptable at how I live. I'm tired. I'm grouchy. In fact, it comes to mind how my grandchildren are when they're hungry. It's like tears, right? Get them away. These kids are meeting the face of Christ through man and ministries and no hungry children. And it is empowering them to learn and to pray. These little songs that they're singing with all this passion, when I first look at them, I says, man, what are, what are they saying? And it's, we are being fed because of the love of Jesus Christ, because of your church. We can learn. We can study. We're not on the streets. And the, the heartfelt passion coming from these kids is just yeah. hard to explain. It, it is. really is. It is. It really is. About um, five years ago, when our church was in its many, you know, very formative years, um, we as a, a leadership team made the decision um, to put 10% of every dollar that comes into this church aside uh, to be able to partner with organizations like No Hungry Children. And I'll, I got to tell you, at that time in our church's history, um, that was a stretch. That was a leap of faith. But uh, because we have been able to do that, we've been able to partner with organizations like this, and we've been able to help in an emergency. And a few years ago, um, Brandon called me, and he said, hey, one of the schools that you all support, a school called Cana Junior, burned to the ground yesterday. And it'll cost about $6,000 to rebuild that school. Let that sink in for a second. If a school burned down here, $6,000 would get cleanup done, maybe, right? $6,000 to rebuild the whole school. And um, it was the second school that we went in, in Kibera, in some of the worst slums. You're seeing, that's a picture of it right there. Um, That's the second floor. We were able to come in and uh, for $6,000, not just like build what they had, but we were able to build a second floor um, with double the space. And they have classrooms, I think, in that school that goes up to sixth grade now. And um, uh, the lower uh, floor of that is now more of an assembly room where they eat and uh, where they're fed and uh, where they can assemble and they worship and um, they uh, talk about the love of Jesus. And um, it is the most, it's rudimentary. It is Spartan at best, the conditions. The floor is completely um, just 
just dirt. Um, it's, there's not an even spot on the floor of any of the schools. Often you'll see rebar coming up from the ground where they had planned to do other things and never did it, and the kids are playing around this stuff. In, in our uh, culture, it would be deemed unlivable. They would never meet in there. But for them, they're just glad to be there because they're receiving food, both physically and spiritually. In Hilton Head Island Community Church, why would I take a, a whole Sunday to tell you about this trip? Um, it wasn't necessarily because of what we saw, the poverty, the smells, um, the environment. It, it's not necessarily because of the people, although they're filled with joy, and you need to know that you're a part of that joy. But it's also to tell you that when you're a part of what's going on here, that you're also a, a part of what's going on on the other side of the earth. You're impacting these children and these people in a significant way. Every time you give, every time you think of them in prayer, you're a part of what's going on there for the gospel message. I couldn't be more encouraged. I couldn't be um, happier with the relationship that we have with No Hungry Children and Man of Ministries. Cynthia asked me this week uh, about halfway through, uh, we talked and she said, How, how's it going? And I said, it's heartbreaking the human suffering and, and I'm heartbroken by what I've seen I'm hopeful about the future and I'm amazed by the joy that they have because of what you're doing Jesus in Matthew 25 tells a story and at the end of it he encourages us. He talks about those who are in prison and helping those who are in prison, putting clothes on those who have no clothes, giving food to those who are hungry. And he says the king will answer them and say, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. In Hilton Head Island Community Church, I want you to be encouraged. Halfway around the country, halfway around the world, on the other side of this planet, there are kids on the other side of the equator. There are kids that you have been the hands and the feet of Jesus to, and you've never met them in your life. Many of those kids and some that are coming up are going to accept Jesus as their Savior because of the investment you make. And I, as your pastor, want to thank you. On behalf of what I saw and the people that we got to interact with for a week, I want to tell you thank you for the investment that you make, for being all in, not just for our future here, not just for our mission here in our community, but for the world. Keep it up, church. Keep up serving. Keep up thinking globally. Keep up praying for the people around the world who need our prayer. And I want to pray right now as we close our service and close our time out this morning. First of all, I want you to give it up uh, for Steve and for Bill this morning. Thank you guys so much. Father God, I thank you so much. And when we, um, when we move aside the thoughts of the trash and the, the sewage running through the streets and the kids trying to grab a morsel of food from the rubbish piles and piles, literally mountains of it. And when we set aside the human suffering for a moment, God, I'm thankful 
for the ability that you've given us here in this Western world to have an impact. In a place where they're grateful, so incredibly grateful and thankful and joyful to have just an ounce of porridge, just a handful And it is a handful, not a spoonful, of rice and beans. Just to have sustenance in their body, they're so thankful. And God, I thank you for the privilege, the utter privilege that it is for us as your people to serve the people of Nairobi, Kenya. God, I pray that we would remain faithful to the calling that you gave us to go to the ends of the earth to follow in your model of meeting the physical needs of people so that you could then meet the spiritual need that they had, the ultimate need. God, may we remain faithful. As one principle said, may it not cease. May it continue. May the porridge continue. May the rice continue. May the beans continue. May filling their bellies continue. But Father God, I pray that we in partnership with No Hungry Children, with Maurice and Mana Ministries and his amazing team, God, may we also continue the work of filling their souls with your message of hope and of love and of grace. God, I thank you that you died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And I thank you that three days later, you rose again from the, from the dead, defeating death, giving us eternal life. And God, I thank you that we can connect those dots. And then in feeding people halfway around the world on the other side of the equator, God, that we can connect the dots from food to education to where they'll spend their eternity. And God, right now in the strong name of Jesus, I just pray for Maurice. I pray for Brandon and Kim. God, I pray for no hungry children. And I pray for Mana Ministries. God, I pray that you will lift them up. God, that you will help them to continue to work. That you would help them to be faithful. God, that we would just um, look forward to the day when the story gets greater. The need that's filled is larger. God, and your gospel goes out even further to the ends of the earth. God, thank you for the encouragement that we've seen. And Father, right now, I just want to pause for a moment. And I, I just want to pray for our country that's been through a lot over the last week with the threat of these mail bombs. God, with what happened yesterday at a synagogue in Pittsburgh. Father God, I pray for your people. God, I pray that we, your people, would be faithful to your message, to your gospel, so that the whole world may know the great story, the good story, that gospel message. May we not cease the work that we're doing. And I pray all of this in the strong, the mighty, and the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.